Good evening and a very warm welcome to today's podcast, brought to you, of course, by Equine Devil's Advocate. Another Monday in January, not been too terrible on this side of the world, although there is a mini threat, apparently, of a beast from the east coming later this week. Let's hope not, but it will be what it will be. That's the way the weather rolls. Now, as I said on Friday, this week we have a slightly different theme. We are going to cover today a specialist topic question, a question that was put forward by somebody, a very good question. It is a question about positive reinforcement training with horses. So without further ado, let's take a little look. Here's the question. Positive reinforcement in horses. Is it possible to train a horse using only, capital letters, positive reinforcement? I learnt how to ride using pressure and release, and it is the method that is most used in the equine community around me. I know that positive reinforcement is the new trend going around, and I know it can be very successful, a very successful training method in other animals. But what about horses? Okay, well, let's take an objective look at it. First thing, interesting that you say it's a current new trend in your neck of the woods, because funnily enough, it's been around for quite a considerable amount of time. Um, And I am talking about it in terms of being under the umbrella, shall we say, of clicker training. Because that's the method that was taken from other animals, other species, and transferred over to horses. Probably, oh my goodness, in the 1980s, I think it was about. And it's one of those methods that sort of pops up, and there's an awful lot of it, a lot of demonstrations, a lot of talk about it, a lot of discussion, uh, in, in very much in the public eye, and then it fades and sort of disappears, but it's not gone for good. It makes a comeback, it re-emerges, and then sure enough, there it is again. And this seems to have been happening, as I say, for really quite some time, and clearly has re-arisen in your neck of the woods. Now, the principle behind it is obviously the clicker is a cue, but the emphasis is on rewarding good behavior only. So almost disregard or ignore the bad and only encourage and reinforce what is good. The reinforcement itself usually is food, a treat, something of that nature. So, in order to look at answering the question, basically, the overview answer is, yes, it can be done. But, don't you just love it when a but follows a sentence? And by that, I actually mean a but with one T. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. So, in answer to the fact that, yes, it is possible, we ought really to sort of break it down slightly and look at how it can be possible and under what proviso 
it is possible. Where it becomes possible is actually with a particular type of horse. Temperament of that horse. Well, actually, no. It's a bit more than just temperament. It's actually disposition and personality and predisposition of that horse. There is a certain type of horse that does, in fact, lend itself to that type of training. They have to be people lovers. They have to be probably more interested in people than in other horses. They do need to be intelligent, engaging, inquiring, and have a natural work ethic, a sort of personality that has a desire to interact and enjoys that type of stimulation. Now, let's say you have one of those horses. Then the next step is to be, perhaps, specific about training. Inverted commas, and what does one actually mean by training? Because this is where things can get tricky, but also very interesting. It very much depends on a your start point, the point of education from where you want to begin that training, and where you see your perhaps not so much your end goal or your completely finished product. But a level to that extent. So let's say, by example, we're talking about a horse that is untouched, uneducated, and we consider the end product a horse that's able to walk, trot, canter, indoors, and outdoors. The answer to that question would be: Can that be done by positive reinforcement training? Only, the answer is yes. Now, we could also say the same if we have a more handled young horse, one that's been well exposed to a certain degree of life,、um, but is not yet backed, and you want to take that horse perhaps through to its first competition. Can that be done by positive reinforcement training only? Also. Probably yes, with the right disposition. Now, if we then look at a different type of horse, let's say perhaps a a modern sport horse,、uh, a dressage horse, for instance. Dressage is a sport that we are most likely to see across the world. So let's say you want to take that horse from nothing,、uh, a complete new clean slate, all the way through to Grand Prix, it then becomes very, very unlikely that you could do it using positive reinforcement only. If you think about it, to complete that journey without any form of pressure and release, any other application of training seems unlikely. The other very big but is one has to consider the skill of the person, the trainer, using the method. It is the most vital component for success, 
and certainly not easy. As everything is based around reward, ignoring everything that's undesirable and rewarding everything that is desirable, that requires a very particular mindset and focus and skill. A skill in observation and above all, timing from the trainer. Now, I do think it's this reason that it's one of those methods that does show as a trend. It does come and it does go. I think initially there are an awful lot of people that are actually quite drawn to the idea. And they perhaps rather like the, the kindness of it. But when they encounter a complication, a flaw in it, they tend to drop it and move on to something else. So, let's have a look at where the flaw in the plan might be. We can take an example of perhaps something that we can all relate to. Let's say, let's look at a, a, a standard riding horse. A horse that, as a finished product, will walk, trot and canter in an indoor school, in an outdoor school. Perhaps we can incorporate a little bit of jumping into that picture and some hacking out or trail riding, if you'd rather call it that. We can perhaps think that the horse should do that alone or with company. And, yeah, let's add in some some travelling on its own to small basic events, perhaps some low-level competitions. Now, before we can even consider and get to that point that this is the horse that you want to train with positive reinforcement only, we can clearly assume and know that that horse was once a foal. No surprises there. Now, what, you may ask, is the relevance of that? Well, the relevance is that foalhood is childhood. And there's an awful lot of learning involved in those very first few months of a horse's life. Probably from the first few very early days up until about 10 months, there is an awful lot of learning incorporated into that small section of time. And where does that learning come from? Who instigates that learning? And what does that learning look like? Well, of course, the obvious answer is mummy. The mare does. The mare and also perhaps the encompassing herd, if there is one. So let's take our imaginary little horse back to foalhood. And let's say for the sake of argument that he had a very good mother, a good mare that was perhaps quite experienced at bringing up her offspring. Perhaps she had had quite a few foals. Now, what would that actually look like? What constitutes a good mare? Well, it would be a mare that takes the responsibility of educating her foal. She might deem her foal to be in some form of danger. 
she would go to the foal, she would encourage it away from something that she felt was not safe. And how would she do that? She may very well cut in front of it and bump it off to one side. She may whinny or wicker at it to call it over. She may drive it away from something. She may protect it from other mares that perhaps don't want it near their foals or near them. She may well do this in quite a demonstrative way. She may even bite or chase off another mare. She might very well allow her foal to suckle endlessly or she may very well choose that the foal has had enough and decide to walk away to deter the foal from nursing any more. If that didn't work, she may very well turn around and nip the foal's bottom or even wave a leg as a threatening kick. You see, all of these learnings, all of these teachings are based around consequences. And let's say little Foley is growing up, is a little bit older now and has become quite boisterous and is playing. It may well be climbing on her, jumping on her, running at her, turning round and pretending to buck and kick at her. If it goes too far, she will, of course, admonish it. All this actually makes her a very good mother. She is teaching her foal. But you see, the bottom line is, all of the bad, all of the wrong, is far from ignored. Those are the scenarios where she will establish her authority and impart knowledge. That is something to stay away from. That is something to be wary of. If you want to live, then pay attention to me, is the overall message. Now, we can look at the good things, or what we consider to be the good things. Resting after the foal has fed, sleeping in the sunshine, playing with other foals, running around, jumping about, testing his balance and his dexterity. Those she ignores. She lets them be and probably just calmly continues to graze. There is no reinforcement to those behaviours. They're good things to do and she accepts them and allows them to happen. There is no reinforcement to them though. So you see when you look at this picture you can see that all the early very advantageous and perhaps in some respects vital things for the foal to learn for survival and to have a good life. They are built around consequences. They're not negative but they are consequences of behaviour. So to take that foal, your hypothetical little riding horse, from that foal with all that vital early education being his or her tools for a natural and good life 
to then turn that into educating with positive reinforcement only suddenly becomes quite a tall order and you can see the flaw in the plan. Now we could take a different little hypothetical fall. We could choose a scenario perhaps where the mare is young and it's her first foal and it's all a little bit new and out of her depth. We're looking then at a foal with a lot less foundation of education in his early years. Perhaps it could be a foal that has been weaned much younger, perhaps at five months or six months, and there is no other really established herd around them. This picture becomes quite different because within this scenario, you can see that, again, provided the disposition and the temperament of that foal is good and lends itself to this type of training, there is more of a clean slate, more of a desire for that foal to want to belong, to belong with people and to find security in the world of people. Therefore, that scenario carries more of a theme of potential success with positive reinforcement training. You see, this is why I say that those horses that are people lovers, they lend themselves to it. They do want to integrate and they want to belong. They want to find that security. So consequently, they are actually hungry for what could be considered right information. And reward in that situation does become right information. So you see, the whole thing is actually way more complex than people tend to first realize. There is another scenario that would give an added dimension to positive reinforcement as a, as a method for training in being successful. That would be the horse's innate ability to learn from watching each other. Let's say you have your own premises and positive reinforcement training is all that you do, the only thing you will use. If a new horse is brought from a different background into your environment and your atmosphere and your routine, it is likely that a new horse will want to fit in. It will want to belong. The horse with the right temperament again and disposition could learn very quickly how to, what to and when to if the established horses around it are happy and relaxed. It will learn from them. A new horse could very quickly choose to fit in with your method. Another scenario that could conceivably lend itself to a good result would be a situation where a horse has been, shall we say, trained from completely the opposite perspective and perhaps somewhat harshly in terms of consequences of 
shall we call it negative behavior? Let's call it unwanted behavior rather than negative. Now, that's a scenario where you might find that a horse becomes very insecure and attuned to be worried about doing the wrong thing. When you turn that mindset around and encourage and respond only to the correct thing with something pleasant and pleasurable, as in a treat, that really is a theme for success. But under this umbrella, do we have to consider that as retraining rather than training from the outset? Food for thought, is it not? So in looking at this very objectively, we all know that there are things in this horse world that we love so much that are, how shall we describe them, less than savoury, perhaps. So these trends, like clicker training, positive reinforcement training, do tend to arise from very well-intentioned people, people who care and have felt very strongly about something they have encountered or seen that they don't like, and they are looking for a better way, a kinder way, an easier way perhaps, nicer for the horses and more pleasant to execute. They really want to demonstrate, they want to share their knowledge and show others in the horse world this better way that they have found. Now, of course, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's all about improving and developing. Unfortunately, more often than not, they tend to fall into the trap of being perhaps a little too rigid. Somewhere along the line, quite often they become overtaken by the need to prove their method, their way, to prove that it is the best way. This, actually, we have to say, is not just what happens with things like positive reinforcement. It actually happens pretty much with every method you can think of. The result, sadly, is that things tend to sort of dissolve into arguments and disparity with people saying, oh God, that's despicable. Oh, that's just rubbish. Oh, that's an awful way of going about it. You shouldn't do that. You must do this. Everyone becomes divided and then they tend to choose a side and argue with each other over which side is better, which has more benefit. Now, would it not be better and more sensible and certainly healthier for us and our horses to perhaps listen a little bit to each other. Think about someone else's method. Consider it objectively. Consider where the benefits are and where also the pitfalls are. Perhaps take a look at where it could help one a little in your own journey or indeed where it might actually work against you. You see, it has to be that we realise that there is no one-size-fits-all. One standout method 
that will work for everyone and everything. Horses are beyond a shadow of a doubt phenomenally adaptable, and perhaps truly, the only reason any method really works is because of their ability to adapt to us. Now, there's also an aspect of positive reinforcement training that falls outside of the umbrella of just clicker training. And it's worth a little bit of thought and consideration. It's actually quite subtle. If you consider the theme of rewarding the good and largely ignoring the bad, this is probably more widely used on a daily basis than you might first think. Consider this: that kind word that you said to your horse after it did something well. That praising pat or rub, that glow of achievement that you feel as a rider when your horse has worked well for you, possibly even that warm stable that awaits, that cozy rug that fends off the cold and the rain, that big juicy hay net to keep them fed overnight, the healthy nighttime feed or breakfast. The good night kiss with a carrot. You see, all of these are positive, and they all reinforce the good behaviour, the behaviour that we like. And equally, they are given as love, care, and compassion to probably the most adaptable four-legged friend you are ever likely. To have. So, on that note, please do. We would very much like to know your thoughts and your experiences on positive reinforcement training. Perhaps you've dabbled with it a little bit. Perhaps you've thought about training in it and developing it a little bit more. Are you dead set against it? Do you see only the pitfalls and the flaws, or are you totally sold on it, and would use no other method? www.equinedevilsadvocate.com. Please do choose your page. Hot stuff will, of course, be against. Biscuit, oh, very much for, and Koya dabbled, thought about it, explored it. Considered it. We will, of course, look at your correspondence on this coming Friday, follow-up Friday, as always, and we very much look forward to your thoughts. So, until then, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, please do take care, and we will, of course, speak very soon.